Emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Welcome to the Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 127, recorded on January 24th, 2022. That is Tim. That is Jordana. I am Bob. And on tonight's episode, Jordana, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Tonight, we talk about West Coast versus East Coast. We talk about travel agent debauchery and bungalow living, but we definitely will not talk about Bruno. However, before we get to that, we do have a couple of things, Tim, coming from the House of Mouse this week. We've got some Genie Plus changes. We've got some Toy Story Land updates. Tim, let's go right into it. Toy Story Land, finally. They must have heard the episode from last week. Getting a, and what we're calling it now, a Jesse's Trading Post, which is going to be an official Toy Story-themed shop. Thank God, Tim. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see that. Uh, I mean, I guess it's debatable if the main shop in Toy Story Land was the cart or the obviously converted storage closet on the exit on the way as we went out of uh, Toy Story Mania. But either way, to get a, a fully themed uh, shop is nice. But I guess this is more of the same. Toy Story Land is another immersively themed land. And obviously, they're Still, these are the only places we are going to get unique merchandise destinations. And this one we're getting, what, four years past opening, which is yeah. even stranger. Yeah. I think, Jordana, we did an episode on Toy Story Land a little while back. Um, and that was our big lament of the area was the lack of like a legitimate dining space, which we are getting with the Roundup Burial Barbecue. And then the Jesse's Trading Post, where it was, I think there were two carts or like Tim said, a broom closet and the cart right outside and Pixar place there. Um, I'm excited about it. I would prefer, I would hope it's not just Toy Story toys. I really want to see like so they make like the authentic official line of figures like that are like super collectible and stuff like I want those types of things there too not just the knockoff target stuff that we get everywhere but we'll see what happens I'm just excited we're getting a real space there um Jordana also for you and all of the people traveling down there uh, a big Tim edition to Genie Plus uh they'll be getting Lightning Lane character sightings coming out. Uh, Fairy Tale Hall, you're going to get Tiana and Visiting Princess or Cinderella and Visiting Princess. If you want to meet both Tiana and Cinderella, you will have to book two Lightning Lane passes. I think that starts January 26th. They're also going to have the Town Square, uh, Town Hall, Town Exposition Hall in Town Square. Uh, Mickey Mouse, the official good Mickey Mouse there, and then Olaf over at the Celebrity Spotlight at the Hollywood Studios. Jordana, what does this mean for for families traveling down there? That Lightning Lane will be an option for these uh, meet and greets, for lack of a better character sighting reference. Well, you have your families that are ride people, and then you have your families who are diehard, you know, character people. And I think that this is going to make genie plus a little bit more worth it where you're getting these character interactions i mean characters just started coming back so this kind of makes the next step for it so you think this is going to enhance genie plus i do i think it's going to make it more worth it worth the price to get it oh all right i'm gonna i'm gonna you know what we're a family-friendly podcast tonight. Tim, what do you think of that? What do you think of the G Plus? <laughs> I think we're using a lot of words. Character experiences, character sightings <laughs> is the word that uh, yes. is used on the website. The fact of the matter is, I mean, all day long, use your lightning lanes, use your Genie Plus to, uh, to, for character meet and greets when those come back. Um, I know in the past on the show, I thought it was crazy to use Fast Pass Plus for Pr- Royal Princess Hall or the Mickey Mouse meeting. And 
Bob, you and, and, and Drew set me straight that that was something that was very important and a good use of time and time management for families where this was an important part of the trip. But the fact of the matter is that's not what we're getting. This is you're 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 burning up one of those precious lightning lane spots that by all accounts, uh, you know, the good the lightning lanes go, you know, within the first couple hours of the day uh, because they are far more limited than the number of fast pass pluses on uh, waiting in a line to get up to a roped off area to kind of wave at a character in the distance. And they're going to kind of wave back and shout across the threshold to you. I just think this is possibly a little premature. And uh, I, I think this was kind of cravenly done to inject uh, more ways to suck people's uh, lightning lanes out of the system so that people were feeling like they were getting their value because there would be things available after 11 o'clock for them to use lightning lane on on a busier day in the parks. Uh, that's my kind of cynical take on this. So let me float something. And this is obviously not happening. And this is just me spitballing ideas for Disney since clearly they're listening to us again if they're giving us a, a themed store in Toy Story Land. So they're clearly listening again. How about give me the very rare characters in a lightning lane setting? And by that I mean give me a random pop-up Roger Rabbit meet and greet and let people get lightning lane for like pop up. Like you don't know who I just, I have a problem with the idea. Cause Mickey mouse uh, for the kids at home, please cover your ears is literally in every park, sometimes two or three different versions of him or in every park. Olaf is fine. I, I know, but that's an IP that at this point is now almost a decade and a half old. And Tiana and I love Tiana and Cinderella. That they're, they're, they're a good meet and greet. Give me, the really rare characters. Give me the country bear characters in a meet and greet. That's a pop-up meet and greet that you can use a lightning lane for. You wouldn't but, know from, from time to time. In, but if you got them in a pop-up, let's say like there's, you know, seven characters or whatever that they kind of rotate through, they still, mm -hmm. they wouldn't end up being rare anymore. They would say. No, but see, that's the brilliance of it because you're not. Okay. Outside of the locals and people that are pass holders, if Tim goes once a year mm -hmm. and he happens to be there the week that the country bears are going to be a featured meet and greet, you can get Tim to buy into a Genie Plus option that alerts him, hey, country bear uh, happening four to six. Now's your time to get a lightning lane pass. And that's all I hear about this Genie Plus thing is that it's this interactive. It helps you plan things. It helps you do everything. I think there's a market for it. I don't know if this is it. I'll be interested, Jordana, and you will be our litmus test for when you're booking trips for people on on how popular this is for people going down there to use Genie Plus. I, I personally think Tim is correct. I think it's premature. I think it's a little early with this specific set of characters. But again, I know Pipe Dreams that I want a Roger Rabbit meet and greet. I, I but I do understand where Tim's coming from, where you know he is saying that it is just trying to get people. Well, both of you guys were saying this. That it's just trying to get people to funnel out and not use all the other ride fast or all the other lightning lanes. So I do understand that point, and I do understand how it is premature because there's all it's all roped off. You can't hug the characters. You can't high five them. You can't get their autographs. Like how many autograph books do you have at home, Bob? Like seriously, it's it was something that everybody yeah. loved doing. True story. Um, so it is a different experience. No, no, Jordana, touch on the Lightning Lane Genie Plus as as a whole. I, I don't even know if you can answer this, but what percentage of people booking with Travelmation are going ahead and adding Genie Plus on? So I'll say this. My more seasoned people are not. My, like, people who have been, who go multiple times or have already tried the system, don't like it, whatever. Um, my people who are, like, we just want a few fast passes like you used to get, like you used to only get the one to three fast passes. They're all for it. Um, I think there's, there's almost like, and I don't want to put it this way, but there's almost a little bit of greed where it's like, you want to get those six to seven lightning lanes and it's just not doable with the crowds. Um, and the amount of people that have genie plus where it was doable in the beginning. Um, but to answer your question, I, I still want to say it's pretty popular. 
So are you saying for the second week in a row that we get to go to the Gordon Gecko School of Hard Knocks and hit the listeners with greed is in fact good again? Yes. yes. Great. Good. Yes. Wall Street. No, check out Money Never Sleeps with the first Wall Street. Fantastic. Tim, Jordana, if that's everything for this, Tim, I don't know if you have anything else for Lightning No, Lane. I was going to say they, 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 dropped, uh, they dropped the CEO pay. And Bob Iger's special compensation <laughs> for this year. And it sounds like uh, Genie Plus is doing exactly what it was supposed to do for the fires because both those gentlemen are getting paid in fiscal 21. My I mean, goodness. I can't believe that Iger's retirement option. Stock option. Was a quarter of a billion dollars worth of shares. That is incredible to me. How but is I that digress. for retirement? That is another story for another day or an episode with Drew. We talk about the financials of the company, uh, which I don't think is coming up anytime soon. But maybe Drew will want to do a special expose on salaries we'll pull, pull of the CEOs. Pop-up. Yeah, we'll it'll be a pop-up Drew episode. It'll be great. There you go. All right. So, guys, my co-hosts, my friends, my colleagues, Tim, Jordana, they have recently... Uh, Spent some time in various parts of the parks, as it were. Tim, you you and Rachel spent some time out on the West Coast. Jordana, you you celebrated with 400 of your closest friends down at the uh, Travel Nation uh, yearly retreat, I guess. Yes. Um, and you had a very highfalutin yes. first night. There you go. Highfalutin first night. So um, we were lucky enough. I got together. I want to. I don't want to say I planned it, but one of the other agents just needed a hotel for one night, and the only thing available was the bungalow at Polynesian. And these are iconic, once in a lifetime. Like you never can get these kind of things. And she was like, you know what? I'm gonna book it. And she booked it. Um, she posted in our Facebook group, hey, any other agents want to come and stay with us? And me and a bunch of my friends were like, yes. So was it a little expensive even for the one night? Yes. But you're splitting it with seven other friends. It's manageable to have that experience. Um, we spent a lot of time on the deck, on you know, just hanging out over the water, looking at the castle, looking at Grand Floridian. I didn't realize how awesome that view was specifically. Um, but um, plenty of room for everybody. Um, everybody kind of got their own little space. The kitchen's massive. They have a great dining area. Um, it, it's, it sleeps up to eight people. There are two bathrooms. One of them is a master bathroom with like this huge soaking tub. Another one is a split bath so there was plenty of room it was all ladies so there was plenty of rooms for for us to all get ready for dinner and stuff like that um and it was amazing waking up and having my coffee on that balcony that was probably my favorite part of the trip so i will say that you posted videos uh photos you posted a lot of information on your business page uh, on Facebook, and I think uh, you shared it personally with with Tim and Andrew and myself. Yeah. Um, just kind of like, oh my god, guys, check this out. So I've always thought of the bungalows to me as a as a seventh, eighth, ninth visit down, or like seasoned travelers, because those rooms are people that have haven't been in a while or or haven't been at all. I feel like you don't appreciate, and, and and I could be way off on this. This is just me again throwing right. these against the wall. I don't know that you appreciate, like you just said, the views of Grand Floridian, right? The views of the castle, just being present in the hotel. I think yes. for all of the grief that I give Disney hotels and the Polynesian in particular, I am not the biggest fan of that resort. I will tell you that going and staying at those resorts is almost a vacation in and of itself. People go to right. Disney and they want to go to the parks. Right. It's more than parks, which I think we've talked about in the past. Um, it, yeah. it is interesting, though. And, and Tim, I want to bring you in for a second because y- you 
uh, at least more than me. I don't want to speak for Joanna. She clearly has over 400 friends went to Disney with her. I travel with my family when I go, but I don't travel with like my extended family or like my parents and my brothers. Is this something on Jordana's recommendation and what you've seen? I know you like the Polynesian. If you went on a family trip, there was eight or nine of you. Would you guys consider doing a bungalow or, or no? That is the cost just too exorbitant for you. So, so I think you just hit on it. Um, in fact, I, I don't, I don't know if you knew this was happening or or not, but uh, Rachel and I are going on a f- trip with her family for her brother's I mean, uh, 30th birthday. I think I low-key knew it was happening. I don't know that we ever really talked about it, but that was a good segue on my it, part. That's yeah, so we're, we're, we're in the process of booking that with our favorite Travelmation agent. Um, oh, Jordana. Sorry, I couldn't remember the name for a second. Uh, but no, I mean, in the case of this trip, it, it's a trip where her family has not been to Disney for quite a long time. It is certainly going to be a parks-focused trip. It did not even cross our minds to look at uh, a Polly bungalow. Um, I know, obviously, I'm I'm a Polynesian nut. I, I would love to do this kind of a trip, but I think it's almost like a bachelorette, bachelor party type thing where maybe you have, like, a half day at Epcot that involves, you know, more eating and drinking their rides and like a morning and afternoon split up day at the Magic Kingdom. But also you want to be able to have access to the kitchen, the bar, the deck, all all, all the, the accoutrement that comes with this. And also just be able to enjoy the awesomeness that is the Polynesian, because unlike you, I am a giant fan. I mean, I, I bury me at the Polynesian. I, I want to retire at the Polynesian. That is my favorite hotel on the planet Earth. Like, th- th- this is perfect for that. But I, I think you're right. It is something for seasoned travelers, and, and the cost is not something that can be downplayed. And I understand they can be offset renting DVC points or some other little tricks of the trade. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it is a very, very expensive lodging by any scope other than staying at some of the higher end resorts in, in like a Hawaii or a Tahiti type thing, which this is very much aping that feel. So it is funny to me because I think the way Jordana did it makes a ton of sense. And it's similar to what you just said about a group of guys or a group of girls going down, or even if uh, Megan and myself and Guy and Jordana and you and Rachel and, and Andrew and Amy took an, an adults only trip down. We wanted Let's to split that happen. cost and Let's we wanted make to make, happen. and we wanted to split yeah, that cost. Too. Right. We want to split that cost for one night. I think splitting it up, you know, that way in Jordana's case, it makes a ton of sense to, and especially for Jordana's business, for her to have that experience. I think it makes a ton of sense. If I correct me if I'm wrong, there's only about 20 bungalows. Is there, is there or even that many? Uh, oh my God. I, I, I forgot so, to yeah. mention this. This is, this is a live reaction. Um, so Jordana's footage of the bungalow tour. She put it on her Travelmation TikTok account. Yes. And and I don't I don't know what like a TikTok equivalent of a retweet is, but uh Rachel ran upstairs holding her phone, going, So some lady stole Jordana's Oh my god. Tour. And so I was I, like, I, What? Right, so I will I will say this. So thank you, Rachel, for sticking up for me. Um, one, that is not my video. Um, I actually stole it. What we did was we had one agent go in and just do a walkthrough and we all did separate voiceovers and we kind of had a competition who was going to go viral. And my friend Katie, who is an agent who I, you know, we're very neck and neck. We're very competitive when it comes to sales and stuff like that. She ended up going viral. And, um, she's like, I don't even know how it happened. Like, she's like, I like your background music better. I don't know. Like, cause I use, um, Hawaiian roller coaster ride. She used just a basic like TikTok, whatever, but she ended up going viral. I didn't. I was really bummed about it. But yeah, that's hilarious. I love that. Yes. So that was my point that this this Travelmation video talking about using something like this to promote your business. This video for Travelmation went viral on TikTok. Like this came up on my wife's for you page on TikTok completely organically. I still feel, Drana, you missed it. You could have done Gangster's Paradise, and that would have been. I then you would have soared. That's a good one. You would have soared. Yeah. Let's be yeah. honest. All <laughs> right. So, Jordana, anything else? I mean, you guys, you were all over the place. You, you get pictures 
taken in front of the castle with 400 people that got picked up by i think we were talking the the disney uh food blog yeah they have if you go if you go back i just went on their instagram if you go back to january 10th there's like a post the kind of like their weekly recap or mm -hmm. daily recap post that they do and they say crowds are still here and then you scroll (laughs) and it's like picture three and it's all these people in blue shirts um that's us that was 400 travel agents trying to get in front of the castle for a picture um Last year, we were in front of Epcot. We couldn't take a group picture because of all the COVID regulations. The year before that, in 2019, there were only 200 of us. So the company has grown a lot the last couple of years. Um, and just the fact that we can still get together and all take a big group photo is completely amazing. And, like, you can see everybody's faces somehow. Um but yeah, so and then uh, the Dapper Dan's made fun of us as well in one of the the cavalcades where they they were like, oh, there must have been a discount on these shirts over here, like or something like that. True so that story. was kind of cute. That was kind of cute. Um, but um, the thing is with work trips, and I try to explain this especially to my husband. But this isn't vacation. We do have a lot of meetings, right. a lot of fairs and stuff like that. We spent a lot of time at um the contemporary where they have if you go down to um like where california grill is that Mm -hmm. entrance those are the um where you can have the conferences and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so um we had a lot of meetings and stuff over there um just like not a lot of park time um but you know if you ever need a big group you know so. conference hit me up because i can get you there so so it's funny you say you don't have a lot of park time um you, you scheduled your company headshot for very early in the morning yes yeah i do that the night before the night before yes oh what happened the night before i was at disney springs and i was uh having some adult <laughs> beverages thank you royal caribbean for hosting us at the boathouse um <laughs> So, and I think I I think I messaged the guys and I was like, you, guys, you I'm did. Get up in like four hours and this is not looking good. Um, I beat it and my headshot came out great. But it, like, <laughs> it was a oh, rough morning. Listen, is, uh, it is not often I get away from my kids and <laughs> yeah, I got away from my kids for a couple days, so I had a lot of fun. Excellent. Good to hear. It looked like a lot of fun. Guys, uh, to go back, if you do go follow Jordana on her Travelmation Facebook page and wherever else she is, uh, she has all that, the pictures and stuff up and, and all sorts of fun stuff from that time. It'll be a really good time. Uh, again, not my cup of tea, but I don't get paid to book vacations. I get paid to build nuclear submarines, so it's a little bit different where I am. There you go. On the flip side, the counter, the West Coast kid is what Tim will be called from now on. He and his lovely, lovely wife, who, in my opinion, is a saint among saints for dealing with Tim's shenanigans on a regular basis. They finally, they got married when Tim, was that July? July. July. July of last year, you guys did put off your honeymoon a little bit, and then you kind of... I think it was fairly last minute. I think you kind of hit us up when we went to the roadhouse and you said, Hey, I'm going to take off and, and we're going to, we're going to go out to the West coast for a few days. And you guys went out there for anyway, okay, a week or so, I think four or five days. No, no, it was a little over a week. It was, uh, oh, like good. 11 days. Good. It was four or five days in Anaheim down by the park. That's, what, then, it was. That's uh, what it was. Yep. And then a week up in LA. So, so you have a lot to talk about. You want to talk about um, Rodeo Drive. You did some shopping, I'm sure. That's good. It's good stuff. I'm sure you took care of your lovely bride. But ultimately, you want to talk a little bit about historical significance of the West Coast Park versus the East Coast Park. You want to talk about Disneyland. You want to talk about Universal Studios Hollywood, too, which you've become a universal convert in this uh, in this vacation. Maybe. We'll see. Um, so, Tim, let's hear about it. I mean, where do, where do we begin with you on this trip. So I actually want to touch the universal stuff first. So the universal was one day it came up completely organically. Um, I had planned something for one of our days in LA slash Hollywood slash that area and totally did not look that the place we were thinking of going to was closed on Mondays. Uh, so we were like, we have this day. We don't really have any plans. What do you want to do? And we had 
we were up pretty early in the morning. I was like, well, you know, do you want to do Universal Studios Hollywood? Where we were staying in Hollywood was literally, it was the next exit up. Uh, Universal Studios Hollywood is literally in Hollywood, California, in the middle of where all the studios are because it is also where Universal's studios are, unlike the Florida park. Uh, so we decided to do that. We figured um, we hadn't been to a Universal Studios proper in a very, very long time. And uh, it would be cool to do some of the rides. Most of the rides we hadn't done or Rachel, I hadn't done in a long time or had ever done. Rachel hadn't done any of them. And they still have the true, you know, over an hour long studio tour uh, still at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, and I I don't know how clear it's going across the podcast, but I am certainly one of those Disney parks people where growing up, my family did uh, our trips split. We did a day or two at Universal and then more days at Disney. But over the years, that kind of faded away. And we just decided as a family that we like Disney more. And I was always a Disney parks are better and Universal is kind of the also ran and, and playing catch up. And in the past couple of years, since Rachel and I have been going as adults, we did one day at Islands of Adventure uh, years ago, our first trip down together. Rachel wanted to see the Harry Potter stuff. And that was my only interaction with Universal Parks uh, in the past uh, 15 years. And uh, so this this Universal trip was eye opening. I thought the park was a delight. I think that their marquee rides have absolutely caught up to Disney and in many cases surpassed them. That Jurassic World ride, my goodness, just, I mean, better than any of those style rides I've ever been on. Uh, absolutely fantastic animatronic storytelling. And I'm the type of person who would say Universal is full of screen rides. But at this point, there are screen rides that are done right, like that Jurassic World one, like the Transformers ride. They're really integrating these screens with animatronics, with actual motion and vehicles that are moving. And they've perfected that kind of ride uh, in a way that Disney has not. They can take a ride that only has a couple animatronics and using their expert use of screens that Universal Creative does really flesh it out to make a whole experience where you have a dark ride that's screen based and doesn't feel like it's just screens. Unlike a screen based dark ride that I'm going to touch on once we get to uh, California Adventure. Uh, it's a little preview and you probably guess what I'm talking about, but Disney is not there on the screen rides. And I'll admit on the studio tutor when we went through the Fast and Furious thing, it is as bad, if not worse, than people say it is. But the stuff that Universal does right and the, the sheer volume of IP that they have and that they have access to, they're, they're doing it up. And the the prices are better. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, Rachel and I are now looking for a four-day weekend or a three-day weekend that we could do a little getaway down to the Florida parks and just do a universal trip, stay on universal properties and do, you know, two days in the studios and uh, one or two days at Island of Adventure and really get to experience those because the Florida universal parks are so much bigger than uh, Universal Hollywood. Universal Hollywood is a, a crazy park. It's a park that would never be built today by anyone. The park is split into two distinct zones on the side of a mountain where you have to take five escalators up or down to get between the two halves of the park. Five of the biggest escalators you've ever seen. These are not like escalators at the mall. Each escalator is probably two stories tall. And um, if you are in a wheelchair or you can't do escalators, you have little kids, you're afraid of escalators, you actually have to take a shuttle bus to go between the two that winds down switchbacks down the side of mountain. This is would never, no one would imagine building a park uh, in this way. And then, as I said, they do have the studio tour where it's this really cool fusion of actually driving through the working part of the studios, seeing the offices, seeing the trailers, seeing hot sets, and then also um, static installations of famous props and um, special effects stuff uh, that 
has at times been split up and used as individual experiences in the Florida parks. But uh, yeah, that was that was Universal. Universal was a blast. Did you go see Waterworld? Oh my God! Yes, we did, yes. and <laughs> it absolutely holds up. That that was uh, we went to the first uh, the first showing of Waterworld for the day, which is several hours after the park opened. It was might have been eleven. I think it was like eleven eleven thirty, and that was when I turned to Rachel and I was like, "This is on a whole other level." Like I love Indiana Jones. Yeah, blows Indiana Jones out of the water, and this is where I was like, "Wow, I can see why this is." been running for so long and how it's like really transcended what it's based on because who gives a shit about Waterworld in 2021 <laughs> but the <laughs> stunt show is, is freaking amazing and then at the end when they have the guys come out it's like oh yeah I'm the stuntman for the current season of Westworld I'm uh you know Thor's stuntman yeah. in the Marvel movies these are like actual working yeah. stuntmen in Hollywood this is what they do when they're in between film jobs. My understanding is the flip side, that version of the show in Orlando, where they don't have working stuntmen, is actually all uh, WWE wrestlers who are uh, at, who are trainers at the Performance Center. Oh, that's that just makes it better, doesn't it? That's awesome. We're tying it back to wrestling again. It's two weeks, you Mac, two two wrestling references and two Wall Street. Got to sneak them in there. Got to love it. So, go. Tim, obviously, listen. We next when you and Rachel go to Universal Orlando, maybe we'll get Drew on. He's gonna be traveling down there in August. Maybe you guys can do uh, a Universal Orlando, you know, recap for us and let us know uh, what we're missing down there. Um, I know Return of the Mummy, you know, Revenge of the Mummy for Drew. He's very bummed. This is closed until the summer in, in Orlando. But uh, no, it's funny you guys say about the studio tour because that's one thing we've always talked about on the show about. Disney Hollywood Studios and when it was MGM and when that studio tour at MGM was uh, one one to two hours, you went through the animation department, you went through the working sets, you went through Residential Street, and then you ended up kind of in Catastrophe Canyon still, but it was a working hot set. If There were times that you couldn't get onto New York Street at the old park because they were filming, uh, and that's something that's, that's obviously didn't pan out they never got a working studio out of it in the sense of a consistently working studio but it's good to see because that that's fun it is funny i've seen those escalators man those are brutal brutal to look at but i'm here for it i I love a good i love a good universal yarn i am disappointed that i have to go i don't know to japan i think i think japan still has back to the future the rights so they do they still have back to the future they still have jaws um And I hear the I, Jaws out there is legit, though. I hear the Jaws is a great ride out there. The Jaws is beloved out there, is my understanding. So it is, like, maintained to yeah. the exactly as it was day one and in perfect working order. Like, the shark in Orlando that constantly is broken down yeah. never broken down in Japan. That was, like, the most popular ride at that park. So, Jordana, there we go. We're going to get prices for our listeners on, Norla- uh, on a Hollywood trip as well. I yeah, they can I mean, contact you at jordanaisartfilmation.net. Um, I will say just a little, uh, I guess, small tip of Universal versus Disney. Um, Universal has Express Pass instead of Fast Passes, and it's unlimited, and it's not as you have to, you know, book it in advance kind of thing. It's it's you pay for it, you go. Um, and th- these Express Passes come free if you stay at their premium hotels Mm -hmm. which are hard rock cafe lowe's royal pacific and i think there's Mm -hmm. one more um but they come free with that and honestly if you look at the prices for from staying at their mid-tier hotel Mm -hmm. and adding the express pass versus just staying at the deluxe hotel or premium hotel i use Mm -hmm. disney terms obviously um Mm -hmm. it's it usually it cancels each other out so you're better off Mm -hmm. with that yeah, it, it, my understanding is it, it's much more expensive. It's not Genie Plus is nineteen dollars extra per person per day. Express Pass on the peak season is like a hundred and nine dollars a day yeah. sometimes. Very six flags in. That's on top of your ticket right. price. So your ticket price is like two hundred bucks. So you're paying three hundred dollars for one person to get yeah. this Express Pass and one yeah. ticket. Well, it's like six flags. You know, six flags around here. The flash pass is eighty nine dollars for the day 
but it does have front of the right access. It's not that you have to schedule things. I understand Disney's aversion to doing a version of that pass. I I get it, but a lot of other parks around the world that have world-class coasters in their parks, multiple world-class coasters in their parks are able to make it work. Um, I'm interested to see how Genie Plus evolves over the next 18 to 24 months, uh, provided that we get out of the the pandemic and the endemic stuff that we're going through right now when, when travel really does come back. And plus, with their 100th anniversary in 2023, um, I, I'm expecting big crowds at Disney for the next for the foreseeable future, to be honest with you, especially around the peak times. Uh, not that I'm forecasting things, but that's that's just, uh, again, one man's opinion. Uh, Tim, but... Universal or Hollywood was not your only excursion here. You went to what many consider the the Disney pilgrimage. You made the the, the trip to Mecca, as it were, uh, where Walt walked. Um, so I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the differences in the parks and historically and the historical significance of Disneyland versus versus Disney World, or at least some sort of history. So so let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, um, I have a weird history with Disneyland. Um, I had gone there once as a kid as a part of a big family trip and only for one day and only to California Adventure 1.0, Disney's uh, single greatest failure of a theme park. And uh, right before the trip, Rich and I were at my mom's house, we were looking back. Turns out we went there within six months of it opening. So this was at the time of Superstar Limo, of, you know, only nine attractions in reality on um, the map of this park. And that is what we went to because at the time, my parents had a weird perception that um, Disneyland itself was just a clone of the Magic Kingdom. And we went to Walt Disney World every year. So why would we do that? Um, So I had never been to Disneyland proper. Rachel had never even been to the West Coast. So we were very excited. Um, So we decided we kind of went all out. Uh, We stayed at the Disneyland Hotel um, and we did three days in the uh, in the parks. And um, we also we we had a fourth day. That was the day we arrived in California and we spent that in downtown Disney and uh, at the uh, hotel itself. And I got to tell you, it it was awesome uh, and it does very much feel like the service, uh, how it used to be at uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, Right off the bat, uh, when we checked into the hotel, I had kind of messed up when I was doing the reservation and I wanted to request a king room, but I had requested like a different thing and you can only put one request in or whatever. So I we'd gotten there a little bit earlier. Our room wasn't ready yet. I said, hey, you know, it's just the two of us. If it's possible, we can get a king room. Um, that'd be great. And and the woman at the desk, the cast member at the desk said, hey, you know, we're we're, we're a f- mainly a family hotel. So we, we have a limited number of kings. But we'll, we'll see what we can do. So we go. We explore downtown Disney, which really is is cool because downtown Disney is, is, is right there on the Esplanade. It connects the Disneyland Hotel to the front gates of of the two parks. And, um, you know, we we had a meal we, we did some shopping we get the text that our room is ready and we had booked a, a standard room and uh we go to our room and what have they given us but a not only a king room but a king room on the corner of the building in the disneyland hotel that faces the park so we had windows on two sides of our room and um as we found out that night, we could watch the fireworks from our room, and it was absolutely magical. Um, Disneyland Hotel has gone through many refurbs over the years. Obviously, it's uh, you know one of the original hotels from when Disneyland was uh, built, and um, Disneyland Hotel and uh, the Grand California are both the equivalent of deluxes in Florida, and um, the hotel was beautiful. The the room was gigantic, well-appointed, uh, and, and just great. And that that service of them basically give us a room upgrade for free was um, was a delight. Um, as far as the parks go, uh, Disneyland 
is truly, truly magical. Uh, not just the sense of history and weight and knowing that this is where Walt was, but just you don't build parks like that anymore. The amount of stuff packed into every square foot of that park is just not how Disney does things anymore. Not how anybody does, because it, it honestly doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, whereas now Disney kind of has this cookie cutter formula when they build a land, it's, you know, an e-ticket and then, a you know, A or B ticket ride, uh, a, a gift shop, a quick service. If you're lucky, a, a, a theme table service, although they don't really seem to do that anymore. And maybe a, a walk up bar or a walk up snack stand and some immersive theming. I mean, New Orleans Square has like four major attractions, seven stores, two table services and like three quick services all jam packed into this one land that doesn't even exist at the Magic Kingdom. It's just they have this limited space, this this almost circle surrounded by a berm in the middle of downtown Anaheim, and they just built stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff. And it's just awesome to see so much magic jam packed into such a tight space. Because it, it doesn't it, it doesn't feel packed in. It just feels like that's how it's supposed to be. Um, and like now, like to my understanding, do the, does it still like if you're in one land and you look towards another, like it's you can't, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know, like when I took the keys to the kingdom tour, um, they explained that like they have the trees cut a certain way so that you can't see into the next land. Is that not really the case there? No, no, that is 100 percent. They still do all the sight line work is still there. Uh, the biggest difference is just that in certain parts, you can hear the quote unquote outside world because gotcha. you aren't you don't have, you know, hundreds of acres of dead space in between you and the real world. You literally have an earthen berm. But no, if you're in if you're in Frontierland, you still have a very planned transition to Galaxy's Edge. So you can't see into it. You, If you're in you know, New Orleans Square, the transition into the next land is done in the same way as Disney World, where slowly, you know, pavers and architecture and fence posts and trash cans will be changing theming in a subtle way that you don't notice it until you've already transitioned to the next land using smells and music and all that. Um, so that stuff is all awesome. The rides in general just... Fantasyland being packed full of dark rides and a lot of those dark rides being rides that we don't have was super, super awesome. Getting to ride Mr. Toad again was a blast. Uh, Pinocchio is awesome. Um, we were lucky we got to do Toontown uh, right before, you know, literally, I think two weeks after we got back is when they announced that it was closing for uh, an extended amount of time. Uh, for a major refurb to kind of end up have Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and also get um, get some more stuff opened up there and modernized. But it's awesome. Roger Rabbit is still there. Um, what else, man? Oh, can't can't go. We were there in the holiday season, so we rope dropped both days. We were in Disneyland Haunted Mansion Holiday. I 100 percent understand why Disney won't ever do it in the magic kingdom but to call that an overlay is a disservice it is an overhaul everything about that ride is changed where if you didn't know what the haunted mansion was you would just think that was a nightmare before christmas dark ride uh, i mean total change out of animatronics effects projections soundtrack everything uh, what a, a, an incredible, incredible experience that was. Um, the the strangest thing I'll have to say is Galaxy's Edge. Uh, it is truly the exact same as it was in uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, right down to like if you're, you know, standing in a specific alley, 
and you look and there is three exposed bricks in Orlando, those same exact three bricks are exposed in Anaheim. They, uh, I know that, you know, if you watched Imagineering Story or read anything in the lead up to Galaxy's Edge, they said that it was going to be exactly the same. It is exactly the same. Um, and I mean, other than that, I, we were just completely blown away by the magic of Disneyland itself. Um, their Tomorrowland is kind of as bad as everybody says. That's the only downside I'll give it. Um, I mean, let Joe Rody redo it. You know, he he he's made it clear that he'll he'll come out of retirement. That was his his one big thing he didn't get to do. Um, and Disney World needs Cafe Orleans or at least some place where you can get those Monte Cristo sandwiches because. Boy, howdy. I mean, having a giant deep fried sandwich, in my case, a giant deep fried grilled cheese sandwich, um, does not seem like an ideal theme park food, but those things were freaking delicious. Um, California Adventure. Huh? I said that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, no, they're they're fantastic. Um, So dining reservations were like impossible to get um, when we booked, but the the virtual wait list there uh, a cast member told us just like keep checking it and uh, you, you'll be able to get it for whatever you want. And we were able to get, um, you know, multiple table services and Oga's Cantina, even though those like instantly go when um, as soon as they open up there for the reservations. Uh, moving over to California Adventure, completely unrecognizable from what I remember it as a kid. Cars Land, incredible, even if. Kind of like Pandora, where even if you have no relation to the underlying theme of the land, even if you don't care about Avatar, you don't care about the Cars film, it is just so immersive and so well executed, and the attractions are so good within it, you just can't help but care about it. Um, so Radiator Springs is awesome. And the big surprise to me was Avengers Campus. Uh we kind of all joked about it because it seemed like they were really not doing the Galaxy's Edge, Toy Story Land, Cars Land, Pandora thing and making this immersive themed land that they were saying it's a campus so they could just build some generic buildings and stuff. Once you're there, totally awesome, totally feels like you're in a Marvel movie. And I mean, what it comes down to is Marvel movies just kind of are full of these ambiguous near future tech and buildings but somehow with the sights and sounds and there, they really do have those spontaneous character things that Disney used to have, uh, where all of a sudden you'll look up and you'll see Black Widow running along the top of a building. And then next thing you know, the Taskmaster is up there fighting her. And then there's Hawkeye and they're basically putting on these like shows at completely unscheduled times on the tops of the buildings throughout Avengers Campus, uh, which was super cool. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, their Tower of Terror conversion uh, was amazing. Uh, on the other hand, the screen wide I was alluding to earlier, Spider-Man Web Slingers uh, for the big e-ticket for the the paid lightning lane in uh, California Adventure. Leaves a lot to be desired. I got to say all the hullabaloo and hubbub about the the pay to win, uh, you know, web slinger gauntlets they were selling and everybody being upset. I don't think anybody cared once they actually rode that ride, because at the end of the day, it is somehow a less immersive, less um, interactive version of Toy Story Mania. It honestly looks like a PS4, PS5 type game where you're just waving your hands around and trying to shoot webs at these spider bots. And uh, it, it just, it doesn't feel immersive. It feels like you're in a box playing a video game, not that you are going through the city and helping Spider-Man the way that the, uh, the ride that's been at Universal Islands Adventure forever. I was going to say, I hold the Islands of Adventure ride in very high regard in use of its vehicle and the the use of characters. And, and I know it's much more of like, 
the characters are probably a little bit more towards like the comic book style of the character and it's a little bit more I won't say animated but you know that going in it, it I love that ride at Universal so yeah I mean I can't imagine so the problem that Disney has here on their hands with this type of Spider-Man usage is that Spider-Man obviously is probably the character you want to put a ride up as I mean I for all intents and purposes, and we talked about this earlier uh, in the week, Tim, I, I think Spider-Man is the cash cow for Sony and Disney. Like that mon- that movie's printing money right now. It they have to have Spider-Man in Avengers Campus. They they have to, and it makes sense. But because the ride at Universal is twenty years old plus twenty plus years old, almost thirty years old at this point, and because it's as revered as it is Disney was only ever going to fail if they tried to kind of copy the concept we'll say I'm not saying they copied the concept but you understand what I'm saying in terms yeah of, yeah like they couldn't do a Spider-Man dark ride because no Universal you, already has an iconic Spider-Man dark ride correct. I just don't think you're in a video game I mean there's no motion in this ride it is literally yeah. Parks you in front of a screen, just like Toy Story Mania, except it's not 3D. And video games at home have gotten so good that I'm not sure what I'm waiting an hour in line to flail my arms around and shoot at spider bots, which, while cool, I mean, why am I not fighting any of the iconic MCU Spider-Man mm-hmm. villains? Correct. It's just, it, it seems like a very odd misstep. And... There is already a A plus Spider-Man experience in Adventures Campus, and that is in the form of the Spider-Man show mm-hmm. that takes place on top of the show building for his ride, where a real life Spider-Man repels down like on a web up and down the wall. And then once he gets to the top of the building, uh, that's where that animatronic that was so prominently featured in an uh, engineering mm-hmm. story is and. My goodness, I saw that thing fly a couple times and unbelievable. It literally looks like Spider-Man leaping hundreds of feet across the gap in the air. Uh, and, and that is that is more of a Spider-Man experience, that show, than, than, than the ride is. So I would hate to make this a Marvel episode, but you piqued my interest. If we're going to grant you that the show is far surpassing anything the ride is doing. What would you have done differently in that space then for Spider? Would you have done uh, Paris is getting the the reskin of their rock and roller coaster to an Iron Man roller coaster? Um, I know that Disney has not carte blanche out in the West Coast with characters they can use, but it's a much different set of circumstances than it is out here. So would you have gone with a Black Panther attraction? Would you have gone with a an Ant-Man experience? I know you got Pim's Kitchen and, and stuff like that. Would you have, or do you think they had to have the Spider-Man attraction? I think, unfortunately, I think, I don't think they had to have a Spider-Man attraction. I think they probably had to have one of two things, a Spider-Man attraction or an Avengers Assemble attraction. Mm-hmm. And I think the better attraction would have been Avengers Assemble, but I think you can only do that if you do it like full-blown Rise of the Resistance, and there's recently been some leakiness around Rise of the Resistance, and the figure that keeps getting thrown around is that to build that ride on both coasts between R&D, construction, and everything was a billion dollars. And also, Avengers Campus came together in, like, two years with a pandemic in there. And uh, Galaxy's Edge was a five-plus-year build. So I think they just did not have the time and resources to do Avengers the way that Disney would have needed to Avengers. Because you make the Spider-Man fun, gamified version, and there's certainly people who have complained about it, but it doesn't matter. There's mm-hmm. a lot more people who like it. And as a locals park, the fact that there's high scores, the fact that you can keep track of that score, that you keep coming back. I, I think that allows them to have a lot of uh, leeway. 
But I think if you mess up the Avengers ride and you make it a pure screen experience with no simulation, no 3D, no anything, uh, you you messed up real bad. Was it when they first announced Avengers Campus, or maybe it's still coming? It, isn't there an expansion plan for like a Quinjet attraction? That I is I vaguely remember something about the Quinjet. I vaguely remember that too. I feel like that may be one of the things like early in Galaxy's Edge when they talked about certain story elements in the Bantha mm-hmm. ride and stuff. I'm wondering if Quinjet's like that because I do know exactly what you're talking about, and we haven't heard Quinjet Any, outside of yeah. there is a actual replica of a Quinjet on top of one of the buildings. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, you you're right though they. They had was concept legit, art like, in every yeah they had concept yeah, art like in everything. Be almost like um, Smuggler's Run. You were almost going to yes. get to pilot your own Quinjet type thing and kind of have that experience. It could be. I mean, I think this point might need to be coming because the other thing, which doesn't get talked about a lot with Avengers Campus, is Avengers Campus open to the public in the run up to Eternals, mm-hmm. which was. The big thing that Marvel was banking on for Phase 4, I think even more so than the Spider-Man movie. And as we all know, Eternals was the big flop, the first big flop for the MCU. And there is an entire Eternals-themed area in between the Spider-Man building and the Avengers building in Avengers Mm -hmm. Campus. It's like this elaborate... And you have to excuse me because I haven't seen the movie. Um, I imagine it must be modeled after one of the locations of the movie, but it's almost like this uh, otherworldly garden Mm -hmm. where you can walk through and they have meet and greets with the Eternals themselves. And it it, it certainly looks like you could repurpose that area to into like a Doctor Strange area or something Mm -hmm. if need be. But uh, they did devote. So you have the Guardians area, you have the Spider-Man area, you have the Avengers area, and then you have Mm -hmm. the Eternals area. And one of those things ain't like the others. And I'll say it's because uh, all the rest of those areas have made multiple billions of dollars, the franchises, and Eternals uh, lost about a half a billion dollars. Yeah, Eternals was a miss. Uh, I haven't, I, we, as uh, I think you guys know, Megan and myself are watching the Marvel movies currently right now. We've made it to uh, Infinity War. And then, uh, so we'll be catching up with, with that Shang-Chi and, and with Eternals in the next couple of weeks. And I've heard nothing but divisive things about Eternals. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Because I'm a little bit more forgiving with a lot of the Marvel stuff than I am with most other types of like films or or, or plays and stuff like that. But I'm willing to give Marvel the benefit of the doubt. But it's not sounding good for Eternals, Tim. I, I agree with you there. But Jordana, anything else here about Disneyland that Tim may or may not have missed that you no. want to call him out on? Did he get Fritos? Did we know? Did he get Fritos? Oh, sorry. That's Fritos. the one other thing I got to call out. <laughs> there you um, go. I had heard a lot from people that the quick service, there's way, way, way more quick service spots than table service in Disneyland and California Adventure. And that's part of the reason why the table service reservations fill up so quickly. But I had always heard from everybody, the quick service food at Disneyland is a whole other level than Walt Disney World. And folks, they aren't kidding. Uh, The quick service food there is incredible across the board everything was delicious freshly made um you know all the corn dogs are hand dipped all the pretzels are hand twisted it is i don't know why they have completely different quick service food programs between the two coasts if i had to guess it was scale of operation but uh man the quick service food in disneyland was excellent excellent amazing food pretty much across the board what was your favorite thing? The grilled cheese, the fried grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah, but that was at a table service. Um, I think hmm, we had some really good food in. We had good food at Pim Test Kitchen. Uh, also, good bar. The Pim Bar was really good. Really, really creative uh, drinks there. Where else did we have good stuff? Uh, Rachel had some good food in Cars Land. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, a awesome. food in there. I love good food. I'm a food person, so. Well, 
you're a food person. Tim eats much more differently than I do, and I eat like hamburgers. So I'm I'm perfectly content to get mediocre burgers and fries anytime I go. You know, so there you go. That's that's just me, guys. I will tell you that over the summer I did go to Santa's Village, and it's still kicks ass all right i will say that santa's village is still if you're on uh, if you're up in the northeast it, it's a trip uh worth taking a hundred times out of a hundred jordana you the kids would love it so yeah. get up to Storyland and and santa's village it's it's a blast that's the extent of my trip report there i highly go. recommend highly recommend new hampshire it's a great little place to go and visit uh tim jordana if that is everything from your trip reports I leave you with this. We made it through another episode and we did not bring up Bruno. So well done, team. There you well, go. Well that done. That song is overrated. That's my hot take. No. Wow. No. The movie isn't, though. The movie is The movie is excellent. The movie's phenomenal. Uh, the song, that's that's not even close to the best song in uh, in that film. No, I actually agree with you. We're talking about Encanto or Encanto. If you didn't know, I, I'm sure it's everywhere. I'm sure everyone knows what it is, but fantastic. And maybe we'll talk about me wanting to bring that to the parks uh, in, in a Mystic Manor type attraction later on in the season. But for now, that is going to wrap up episode 127, uh, Recent Trip Reports. Uh, be sure to listen to our back catalog available on your preferred listening platform. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at the Disney Guys Uncensored at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening to the Disney Guys Uncensored. Uncensored.